the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, 866-970-962, and we have a great, as promised, I have Dr. Mary Birch, and Mary Birch is a Ph.D., and she's certified um, for applied animal behaviorist. She's considered a national and international, not only national, international expert on the subject of therapy dogs, and I see more and more every day. Um, She's the author of Citizen Canine, among other books, and the program director of the Canine Good Citizens Program for the American Kennel Club. Good morning, or Good mid good good mid morning, Mary. We're so thrilled you're on the show. Hi, Dottie. Thank you for having me. Oh no, this is so important, and you know we want your you know we want to ask is your dog a good neighbor? But uh, people who are listening to the show outside of New York, uh, again, you're going to get something out of it, even if you're not moving to a co-op. But the co-op boards um, are interviewing dogs now, and they could be as tough as getting into Harvard. Uh, but it's even tougher for your dog. And it's not just co-op boards. Condominiums are now starting to do it, and rental properties. So, they're, Mary, dogs aren't protected under the law, so they can be rejected, you know, because they bite or bark or they bother neighbors or the apartment next door doesn't like dogs. Now, could you tell us more about that? Can you tell us... Um, if dogs that are, um, you know, are there any dogs that don't go by those rules, if you're a companion dog, or how does that well, work? Well, first of all, you hit it, that this is kind of a nationwide program, and we talk about co-ops and condos in New York City, but there are apartments all across the country for students and for adults um, who are beginning to look at Canine Good Citizen as sort of a standard Usually what people want to know in housing is that the dog is well-mannered, it's not aggressive, and it's clean. And they want to know that a dog is not going to infringe upon the rights of their neighbors by being destructive or barking while the owner is gone. And if there's a problem with the dog, then apartments, condos, and co-ops can say that dog isn't welcome here. Right. I mean, I had a friend that was in an apartment, and her dog had separation anxiety, and it would go crazy. It was a little dog. Um, So first of all, this is a movement across the country, and I really think no matter where you live, 
you should always train your dogs uh, to respect things. I, I mean, my brother has a problem with his dog. It's a, the most docile dog, but he's a ba he, he's not he's mid-sized, but he jumps. So when the kids are there, you know, they can't have him around because he jumps. So what do you what does the Canine Good Citizens Program consist of? Well, it started in 1989 by the American Kennel Club, and at that time the country was in the middle of something called pit bull hysteria. AKC wanted to showcase and reward dogs who had good manners at home and in the community. And then since that time, CGC, Canine Good Citizen, has become the gold standard of behavior for dogs in our community. So you mentioned the little dogs who bark. You know, typically band breeds are going to be larger dogs like pit bulls, rottweilers, chows. And I always say that's unfortunate because with a responsible owner who provides the exercise, those can be great family dogs. Some condos will have a 25-pound weight limit, and I love all dogs, from minpins to mastiffs, I say. But some of those tiny dogs, especially if there's more than one, as you just said, Dottie, can be a lot noisier than a well-trained dog. So size doesn't matter when it comes to good behavior. Are there, are there breeds, hi, Dr. Birch, it's Stephen Gaines, are there breeds that are banned outright that you've found that they don't want, you know, like no pit bulls at all are allowed? Um, that varies from building to building, and you named one that's usually, if there is a ban, it would be pit bulls, Rottweilers, Chows, and Dobermans. And that tends to be because of their size. If there's a bite or a claim with insurance, it's usually a little more costly for the company. Uh, it's insurance. Um, hmm. Oftentimes the insurance policies for the buildings don't cover certain breeds, so the, the financial risk is tremendous if the building allows the breed in there because the insurance won't respond. Yeah, you know, and I'm happy to say that uh, many of the country's largest insurers, like Nationwide, Allstate, Liberty Mutual, the Hartford, will insure a dog not otherwise insurable if it has the Canine Good Citizen Award. What is that program? What, yeah, what do you teach them? So, so get how long that is award. that program? How do they, what is the cost? How long do they have to go on it? Do they have to be taken away? Do they go every day? What's it? So the owner takes a dog to class. Usually it's once a week for about an hour. Practice about 15 minutes a day. There are 10 skills. The test is all done on leash. The dog just has to be able to meet a friendly person, not be aggressive, not jump on them. Let somebody pet the dog. The dog walks on a loose lead like you would through a crowd of people on a busy sidewalk. The learned behaviors are sit down, come and stay. And then there's some distractions, like they'll walk, a, um, pull a cart past the dog and it can't be aggressive or fearful. And that's pretty much what the test consists of. For real estate purposes, probably the most important part is the second part of CGC, which is called the Responsible Dog Owner's Pledge. Your dog can be a dog that doesn't know how to sit down or stay if he's in your apartment and he's quiet. He doesn't bother anybody. So the owner signed a pledge that says their dogs won't infringe upon the rights of their neighbors, will not bark, will not run loose, and the owners will clean up after their dogs. And that's pretty much what we want for all dogs. But let me ask you something. You're saying it's uh, an hour for three or four weeks. What about jumpers and, and you know, like dogs that are not vicious, um, and when they're, in their when they're in your house, they're fine. But I know, what about dogs that jump? Can they teach them, you know, they, so in other words, that's where they teach them when they say stay, that they sit, that they don't jump. That's a good question, Dottie, because that might be, if your dog has 
one problem, everything else is okay, you can go to a canine good citizen trainer or evaluator who has skills and say, I want a targeted training program. Can you work with me over the next several weeks on just getting this dog to meet somebody? And that's actually one of the skills, sits politely for petting on the yeah. CGC test, and then they'll work on that. Oh, I have to tell my brother because it was so sad. His dog is adorable, and he's the nicest dog, and he doesn't have a bad bone. Or, But he jumps, and he has grandchildren that are little, so they have to lock him up, and he just needs that. So, in other words, you could specify, hey, you know, my dog is good in this, this, and this, but this skill he needs extra work, and then they'll work on that. Yes. Dr. Birch, and sometimes it's a matter of training the owner. Like now, You never, said nothing – Nothing good comes his way unless he's sitting when you get ready to pet him. Now, that's the other thing, because I know I've had dogs my whole life. And, of course, uh, if the owner doesn't participate like or doesn't follow through, in other words, when the dog goes to training, doesn't the owner really have to continue reinforcing that behavior or not? That's right. Um, so there should be some follow-up and practice skills. Use them in the home setting. It's not just for the training class. And then there are actually, you know, classes that are more advanced, like AKC Community Canine, Urban CGC, where they can continue and take another six-week session if they want to expand their skills. Now, you know what? You said, you know, actually, I didn't even realize how many states. Forty-two states have passed resolutions endorsing this program. Uh, many co-ops, condos, and rentals across the country, even in North Carolina, or Oregon. So it's not just New York. I don't know if they have to go through a board interview. In New York, they have to go through the interview. So that's a little nerve-wracking. Now, I was, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of am not an advocate of this, but maybe I'm wrong. But I was reading different things that people have done when I knew you were going to be on the show. Uh, and I... I I, I read that somebody drugged their dog to make them. I think it's common calm. that people give their dogs tranquilizers before the. But then when the you, but that's interview. like to me a band aid. If you gave them a tranquilizer and they passed the board, but they're really still going to be aggressive. Or what? What is your thoughts on that? I would say that. Um, whew, I would no more sedate a dog for a condo interview than I would a child, but just on ethical grounds. But. The, as far as the person goes, if the dog's not trained, they're going to pay for that when the dog's no longer sedated. So That's what I'm saying. You, you get into the condo, and then the dog starts barking its head off. So the solution would be to provide the dog with the things it needs to be well-mannered, and that might be training, uh, like canine good citizen, learn some skills, or it might be somebody teaching you how to arrange the environment. For example, one thing that works well for separation issues is to give the dog something else to do. There's an interactive toy, a brand name is Kong. You stuff it with peanut butter, freeze it, give that to the dog, and he has something to do for an hour or two to wrap his mind around so he's not barking his head off. Well, you know, I've used that, and that does work. But let me ask you another question. What's your thoughts? I hear it advertised all the time, dog TV. (laughs) Um, Dog TV. Well, some dog owners report that their dog will watch it, and I say any of those low-technology solutions are worth a try. A lot of times when a dog's barking when the person is gone, the first recommendation is leave the radio or the television on so he doesn't feel lonely. And in my own personal experience, that doesn't work so often. It will work if the dog is barking to somebody out in the hall and it muffles the sound, but it never hurts to try a low-tech solution as the first try. We have a lot yeah, of dogs I, that listen I, to our show. 
actually. Yeah, no, no. They listen to our show, we get, right? We get emails from them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's right. Jerry gets some emails. Dr. I don't Birch. know how he reads them. But you know what? I do that with my dogs. I And whether it works or not, I don't know. Uh, but I do try to put on, like, a little TV or, like, if not TV, music, just so there's some sound. But that wouldn't stop them from barking if they hear, if they hear somebody coming by or something like that. So I, I think you're right. I think – so now if you need uh, – does this does – this, this, uh, how much is a pro- – do they work with a group or do they uh, do private? How does that work? You could do either way. If you had a dog that really had problems, you could get a private lesson. But for the most part, these are group classes so that the dogs can be socialized around other dogs and people. Across the country, I'd say the average is about $100 for six weeks of training. And that's, that's a pretty, pretty small cheap. investment to put into your dog. My goodness, And then that the money goes also to the local trainers. Dr. Birch, could you just do me a favor and walk us through what it's a co-op interview of your dog would be like? You have to bring your dog. The dog has to sit down. They all have to pet your dog. Somebody told me that the doorman has to be able to walk your dog or something. Can you tell us some examples of what the dog has to go through? Well, that's going to be vary from um, yeah, condo or building not, to building, yeah. and that's pretty much it. Somebody needs to be able to meet, meet the dog. It needs to be friendly. It needs to maybe... Um, walk by another dog on a leash and not react either with aggression or jump out. Um, The person who is the person looking at the dog, the evaluator of the dog, is going to make sure that the dog is clean and then it's free from parasites. You don't want a dog in public areas infesting the area with fleas and ticks or anything like that, depending on where you live and have woods or an outside area. That might be a problem. Right, but I think that you're right. I mean, look, there's no one set formula that every board uses. I mean, and then again, depending on the person who's doing the interviewing, whether they're a dog lover, you know, there's a lot of variables going in. So I think that you have to assume, let me just teach my dog how to behave, how to sit, how to stay, how to not be totally aggressive. Now, are there any uh, dogs that are banned? Like certain dogs, I think, like, are there any breeds that are banned from buildings? Like, I was reading maybe uh, pet bulls, pit bulls, or... Well, uh, we talked about some of those larger breeds, pit bulls, rottweilers, chows, and then I think you would need to make the case that with the, this dog has had training, this is a therapy dog, this is what he's done, and then the best solution... Actually, we have checklists that we can share at the Canine Good Citizen program with um, apartment managers, condos, co-op boards about how to evaluate animals for uh, that kind of a living situation. Some of the questions are, did this dog go to a class? Is it friendly when you meet it? And then here's something. Now that everybody has a smartphone and technology like nanny cams, a dog owner can show you a video of the dog at home while the owner is gone and say, this dog is never going to disturb its neighbors. Look at her. I exercise her in the morning. She gets on the couch and she takes a nap. And that brings a lot of peace of mind what to a people good that idea. are evaluating the dog. See, and I think, Mary, that this is not about co-ops or condos. Of course, if you have that stress of going through that, of course you want to do this. But I think every dog should go through it. And I really didn't realize that is such a, a good price, I mean, for that training. I think every dog should I think, I think a dog owner's, I think that's their responsibility to make sure because they are animals, and I think it's their responsibility to make sure that they train their animals in basics. 
Dr. Uh, Dr. Birch, what about people who say their dog is a therapy dog? I, I mean, there are a lot of fake therapy dogs now. I see every third person has a therapy dog so they can take it on a plane. Do you find that there, that sometimes that's fraudulent? Who certifies the dog? Um, first, therapy dogs are dogs that volunteer with their person and go to a nursing home or something like that. Most often people will say, this is my service dog. And you can't ask about the person's disability. You could ask about, well, what tasks does the dog do? And unfortunately, you're correct. There are some people that like to spend time with their dogs and will pass it off as a service dog. At this point, there aren't really standards. Doctors can write you a letter and say that you need this dog. I think that field is going to change, and eventually somebody's going to have to do something about giving an ID card or a vest from right. an organization or something that makes those dogs recognizable. But, Jerry, do you, do you know, uh, are, are service dogs, like can a co-op board say that service dogs? <coughs> so, so the standard is that the Americans with Disabilities Act says that if somebody has a disability, which the law defines as a major life-limiting function impairment like sight or, or hearing, uh, or schizophrenia, these are, these are you know, legitimate disabilities. And the, the proposal is a reasonable accommodation. So, for example, the classic one is I'm blind. I need a dog that will help lead me around and is trained Like a as, seeing eye dog. Uh, what we used to call a seeing eye dog, now they call it a service animal. That's a classic reasonable accommodation. So an attempt by a building to keep that dog out of the building would be uh, over, overruled by the Americans with Disabilities Act because you would be able to prove that this is a reasonable accommodation. On the other hand, it is not true that simply to say that somebody gets a note from a doctor or something online that says that you know this is an emotional support dog without demonstrating that you would that you would win. The issue is, does anybody want to challenge it? It's expensive to challenge it, and if you lose, you could be subject to penalties. So, you know, I think that, that, that there has been a lot of abuse, particularly when you, you know, fly lately. Everybody's got their animals sitting on their lap. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's ripe for some regulation in this area. Maybe have a standards, a standard um, service, you know, a standard um, accreditation bureau that accredits that both that you have a disability and this dog is trained to, to assist you in that disability. Because there's a lot of legitimate, very legitimate uses and they really do tremendously help people with disabilities. But on the other hand, people abuse it. Dr. So Bur- I think you're right. Not- just, um, so in other words, you, you, you can't force. In other words, dogs are not a protected uh, no. class. It's the, okay? it's the individual So it really would not be about the dog. It would be about the owner. And you're saying, just to say, because I do know people who have service dogs who I'm not convinced that they really have any disability. Right. Mm-hmm. You're saying that if they have a legitimate that the board thinks who makes that decision a court or, would, or if the you know, board rejects them they could go and and, and kind of uh, uh, protest you know, the it. court the court would make the final decision you know whether whether something is a disability under the Americans with Disabilities Act is different yeah. standards I even heard that there are dogs that can tell when people are going to have epileptic seizures I mean it's and really that's a amazing. legitimate very legitimate service Mary, that's true. And I think the ticket is for us to look at just all dogs as a class and say, here we have this building. You can have dogs here, but these are the conditions. And if everybody was responsible, none of the dogs would really be a problem. I agree with you. 
Mary, do me a favor. We have to take a quick uh, break. I'd love you to come back and give us how I want to. I have a lot of people I want to send to you. Give us how do we reach you and everything and your websites. And um, just hold on. We have to take a quick commercial. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Monday, July 17th at Vesuvio Restaurant, 7305 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. At Buckley's, 2926 Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn on Tuesday, July 18th at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And on Thursday, July 20th at the Montauk Club, 25 8th Avenue in Park Slope, Brooklyn at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. Joe Piscopo here. My good friend, Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, loves AM970 The Answer. Listeners, he is making an incredible offer exclusively for you listening, up to 50% off on everything on the MyPillow website. This offer includes Mike's four-pack special, premium pillows, luxury Giza sheets, mattress toppers, roll-and-go pillows, even pet beds. You will not see or hear this offer anywhere else. So if you're looking for a great gift for graduates, newly married couples, a new pet, or you just want to give someone the gift of a good night's sleep, call MyPillow, 800-651-0798. Make sure you use the promo code AM970. You'll get up to 50% off on every item from MyPillow. Plus, there's a 60-day money-back guarantee and free shipping for orders over 100 bucks, 800-651-0798, promo code AM970, or go to MyPillow.com. Please be sure to use the promo code AM970, 800-651-0798, MyPillow, promo code AM970. You are about to hear from Dr. Douglas Howard. After 20 years and tens of thousands of success stories, Balance of Nature is still the only pure whole food supplement available. Balance of Nature has served more than a half a billion servings of fruits and vegetables. Don't accept imitations, copies, or substitutions. Our success stories are unique to Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies. You'll know you have the real thing when you open the bottles and see, smell, and taste real produce. It is worth every penny I pay because they really have made such a difference in my life. It is making me feel a whole lot better. Even my doctor thought it was a good product. Take Dr. Howard's health challenge and find out how to get two free sets of fruits and veggies. We'll even ship them to you for free. Call now for details. Call 800-2468-751. That's 800-2468-751. Or go online to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code THEANSWER. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and uh, we're so fortunate to uh, be talking about dogs, and we're talking to Mary Birch. Birch, who is an expert. She's a certified behaviorist, animal behaviorist. And uh, 
She has a great program, and she's the director of the Canine Good Citizen Program for the American Kennel Club. Now, how do we get a hold of you? How do we find you? The best way is akc.org, type CGC in the search box, and we'll be happy to help. slow down. Some people are driving. And co-op boards can share a checklist. akc.org, type CGC in the search box. Can we write? Well, I, sure. I, I, I'm well you got to slow down, Dr. Yes, Birch. slow down. <laughs> People are driving, and if they're not okay, driving, so we're going to post it. It's AKC, post. as in the American Kennel Club, right? AKC.org. Right. And then in the search engine, you said put in what? CGC for Canine Good Citizen. AKC.org, type CGC in the search box. In the search box. Now, does somebody have to put, you know, I just want a trainer? I mean, not everyone wants to go on a co-op board. Should they put specifically what they're looking to do or, or well, what they Well, once they need? get to the CGC page, they'll see the options for find a trainer near you, look at the test items, and we can help them from there. Okay. How many dog graduates were there last year? Last year there were 65,000 who passed the test. Wow. wow. And we're just about to get to our one millionth dog. No. Do you have any that are? Do you have any dogs that are just hopeless and they just fail and you send them back home? No hopeless dogs. Sometimes it takes a little longer, yeah, you but never this met, is something you never that mine. every dog can achieve. We've had no, children Jerry. pass the test. You've never met my dog. Children pass it. Oh, no, really? Jerry, you know what part of it is? And I, that's huh? why I asked Mary that because I had you know a dog that I actually. But you have to work with them. You have to go and learn what they're doing. Like if you have a really dog that's yeah. got, you have to really work and reinforce it, right? I mean, isn't that correct? I think that's what I was told. Cause okay. I you spend, had a, you with spend two days with Louis Vuitton, and you'll send him back too. <laughs> I like his name, though. The dog, the dog whisperer gave up. He left my house in, in frustration. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> just well. If at first you don't succeed, what's that saying? Try, try again. Mary, it's been great to have you as a guest, and we're going to be in touch, and we hope you'll come back because um, this is really important. And as I said, if you're in a co-op, condo, great. Across the country, if you're in a rental property and you have a dog, uh, and if you just have a dog and you live in your own house, it's still a great thing for dogs to do because we love dogs and we want them to be good neighbors. So thank you so much, Mary. Thank Have you for having weekend. me. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. I mean, really, I see, don't you? I see a lot. Yeah, I see a lot more issues these days with boards and, uh, and dogs too, Donnie. It's Do definitely becoming. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely becoming more of a, a point of contention. Well, speaking of dogs, I, I didn't say this, but I forgot to say it while she was on the phone, while she was on the line. But there was a dog. Now, listen to this. I wonder if he has his certificate. He was elected mayor of Kentucky, <laughs> and it's the fourth term. No, no, I'm not. I would, Guys, no, I would vote for him. I now, listen, him. I'm not making this up. You can't you do me? any worse than Audience, most of the I would ones. not. This is not a joke. This mm-hmm. dog was elected mayor of Kentucky, a, a town in Kentucky, for the fourth term. Okay? Mm-hmm. Political positions have term limits. But residents of Rabbit Hash, did you ever hear of Rabbit Hash, Kentucky? Okay, uh, that's an odd name. But Rabbit Hash, I don't know who named it. Rabbit Hash, Kentucky, don't seem to mind that their mayor is always getting reelected. So even though there's term limits, the uh-huh. people at Rabbit Hash, Kentucky, want to keep on reelecting him. Does it apply and to dogs? Listen, 
He is not. Wait, let me finish. I should have had this for Meredith. Gwyneth Paltrow, a three-year-old pit bull, no less. Okay? The mayor is a pit bull. I guess so. This is, if you're thinking of screwing up or stealing from that town, forget it. Okay? He's a three-year-old pit bull. He won the title of mayor for the fourth time. It's a woman. I said he. It's a woman. It's a woman. She beat a cat. She beat the chicken, a donkey, and a little boy. Now, she isn't small. It doesn't need a you. It doesn't need. They don't need. And see, in rabbit hash, they have different rules than we do. In rabbit Clearly. hash, Jerry, they don't need a human mayor. Okay? Uh, <laughs> listen, I I think this is a good idea. I think it should become a trend. I would vote for a dog for the next New York City mayor. Okay, uh, I I would support and, that, wouldn't you? And listen, listen to what's even better. The money from the election, okay goes to town improvements there you go Perfect. see okay Perfect. so this year however it will go towards rebuilding the general store that was damaged by a fire and the owner said the only time uh, only time will tell if the pup will run again he's not sure he's debating on it no, you know can only do so much well we'll I see love what this Paolo, idea. okay so she's no, got four more years now for a term yeah. and we'll see what politics does to her for the next four years and i am going to see if i can get that owner on the show because uh i, think I want the that dog is, on the show not the owner yeah I want for the dog yeah. but this, but well yeah but i don't know how the dog's going to communicate but <laughs> the truth is i don't know how he, he does communicate but i just think that it sounds far-fetched but it's it is true for, it's time for a change you know Rabbit can't has do worse than, uh, look it up it's one the, the mayor is that says a lot for what mayors. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I, let's run. Uh, let's run one of the mastiffs for uh, mayor. Oh right. well, nobody. Will, they'll, they'll at least strike a little fear in people. But I'm just they telling will. you. I thought that was so interesting that there is a mayor out there that is a dog. And by the way, when you're at a party or you're with your friends and family and you tell them that, they're not going to believe you. So if you want, you can have them call our radio show and ask me, because I will tell them you're not insane. It is absolutely true that a mayor runs. Now, I don't know how big Rabbit Hash Kentucky is, but... Uh, I don't think it's a metropolis, but... <clears throat> <laughs> I want to know the dog has as a secretary. But listen, yeah. you know what? <laughs> Things change. Did they say the dog's name? No, huh? Yeah, they did. It was Gwyneth Paltrow, wasn't the dog? Oh, the, yes. dog's, Gwyneth the dog's name is Gwyneth Paltrow? Yes, the dog's name is Perfect. Gwyneth Paltrow. It's a pit bull. <laughs> but maybe the people didn't realize it was a dog. I'm wondering if when they voted, they, they saw Gwyneth they Paltrow. Gwyneth. They're waiting for <laughs> and her maybe they, they didn't write humans <laughs> or dogs. And maybe the people said, oh, wow, Gwyneth Paltrow, I'll take her for mayor. <laughs> How do you know? But I thought that was cute. No? Great idea. And it's idea. true. And it's true. Yeah. So, okay. I want to, I was meaning to do this for a long time, and I haven't. But I've had this, someone called me and said, you know, Zadi, thank you for doing the show. You did it two years ago on swimming pools and the true cost of them. Uh, so I did want to just go into that a little because pools, uh, first of all, if you have a pool in the building, that's a perk. But they become mainstream. I don't know how many people use them, 
but pools used to be a luxury amenity in buildings, but now they're becoming more common as the majority of developers, new developments and, and condo conversions include pools in their many list, amenity list as a standard feature. I don't really know how many people use them, but they uh, are there. Uh, your monthly common charges, though, if you have a pool, will depend on the luxury factor of the building. And when you're looking at um, co-ops and condos, make sure you don't only look at the price, look at the charges, mm -hmm. the maintenance charges or the monthly charges, because the price might be good, but the monthly charges can be very high, and depending on the more amenities you have, I, I would say the more they charge. Would you say, Jerry? Oh, absolutely, yeah. The I, you more know, services, staff members, and amenities, the higher your monthly charges will be. What did you find? My experience with these pools and buildings, they're beautiful. I rarely see people using them a lot. I, don't I know. was going to say the same thing. Okay. I just don't think people use them as much as they think they will. Early maybe in the, the morning, millennials people, will. I don't know. People take a swim, yeah. but I don't want to be in a bathing suit in front of my neighbors. Well, wait. <laughs> when you're older, maybe Steven you don't want to. But okay. Um, <laughs> but there's no. But there shouldn't be a dramatic increase in common charges if you have a pool. And since pools are often found in the newer price your buildings, it's safe to assume you'll probably need to commit to a more expensive building to get one if that's what you're looking for. Um, some people love to swim, so it's, um, I'm a good swimmer, but I don't love to swim. But the pool is just one of many more amenities. Older buildings sometimes have pools as well, but those are fewer and far, be you know, they're less older buildings. Um, so would-be buyers uh, should check out a pool in a building and to see if it's an Olympic-sized pool or if it's a kiddie pool. <laughs> I mean, just go or make sure pool. you look at it, okay? Because anything marketed as a pool will have lanes. And does a pool in the building add on to the price of the apartment? Yeah, I bet. I don't know about that. I really I don't, know, don't know. I don't think it adds value. I, I mean, so. I have to tell you, you might get that person that loves to swim and is uh, an avid swimmer who might pay a little more. But for the most part, I don't know that they add value. I think that they're just an amenity that's nice to have. I don't know if somebody would not buy a building if there was no pool. Okay. I, you know, but again, everyone's different. Uh, so, you know, I think it's the total package of amenities that the building has. I don't think it's one. Um, so, will you, so will, you pay, will you have to pay additionally fee to use the pool? Um, usually it's free if you're in the building, so you usually don't have to pay any, any money. I think, okay, I think we're doing a break. And there are New York City neighborhoods that tend to have more buildings with pools than others. And uh, I would say that probably Tribeca, Chelsea, and the Upper West Side, uh, probably have the most concentration of new developments where there are pools. I think they're telling me I have to give a break, so I'm going to give a break. We'll be right back. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shop the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent 
and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-566-2424. That's 1-800-566-2424. 1-800-566-2424. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Two little tablets is all it takes to make your thin hair feel and look thicker and fuller. Guaranteed. Viviscal is the number one drug-free hair growth supplement in the U.S., with one box being sold every minute globally. It's clinically researched to promote existing hair growth for men and women. And now a 90-day supply of Viviscal is offered in your area risk-free plus free shipping. Call 800-330-6865. Viviscal nourishes thinning hair from within. You'll love your hair growth results. Guaranteed. Viviscal is so effective, it's recommended by top doctors. Here's Dr. John Laura. As a dermatologist, I feel confident recommending Viviscal. It's backed by 25 years of research and multiple clinical studies that demonstrate Viviscal's effectiveness in promoting the growth of thicker, fuller hair. Want to try Viviscal? Every listener that calls now gets a 90-day risk-free supply plus free shipping. Call now, 800-330-6865. 800-330-6865. That's 800-330-6865. Napa know-how. Right now, Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil is on sale for just $4.29 a quart. Quality motor oil at an affordable price. A deal so good it practically sells itself. Which begs the question, what do we do with the rest of this commercial? Repeat the deal, I guess. Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $4.29 a quart. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer expires 731.17. You need a professional website quickly with no drama? Call the great people at Biztourage. They're experts in small business websites and will deliver a great website at a low cost with no headaches. Biztourage.com gives you personal attention, a website that wows your customers, and with no headaches. They make it easy. Get your Biztourage website today. Call 888-461-4348 or visit Biztourage.com. That's 888-461-4348 or at B-I-Z-T-O-U-R-A-G. Biztourage, because every small business deserves an entourage. Call today. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're talking about pools, and I'm going to eventually talk about waterfronts and the pros and cons. I don't know if I'll have time to do that today, but let's talk about pools in the suburbs. If you live in the suburbs, which a lot of you do, what's the true cost of owning a pool? So if you're planning to install a pool, be prepared to open your wallet. The average cost of a residential in-ground, okay, we're not talking about the ones that are above ground, in-ground swimming pool was out close to $40,000 last year. And don't expect to recoup all of the money when you sell your house in the future. Uh, it's not something that's value-enhancing to a lot of people. And, again, it is to some. Now, if you're in Florida, I would imagine if you don't have a pool, it could be a drawback. Uh, I think if you're in the Hamptons, a pool is usually – uh, a plus, but it depends on your area. But, you know, if you do it, do it because you want to do it. Uh, 
If you decide to move forward with the pool installation, think carefully about the placement of the pool in your yard and how it works out so aesthetically it looks good. If it's in one faraway corner, people aren't going to use it. You need to look at the natural daylight as it travels around the house, and you want to situate it so it gets the most light possible. Dottie, I, I know somebody who actually was so upset with where they put their pool that they had it moved two feet. It's true. Well, that's a big expense if you have to have it's a huge moved. expense anyway yeah. for a pool, right? So you really have to look at you know where to locate it. Also, investigate your town or municipality's regulations around pools. Each town will have its own definition of a pool, often based on its size and water depth. If the pool you are planning to buy meets the definition, then you must comply with local safety hazards and building codes. This may include installing a fence of a certain type, size. I mean, I have a pool. I had to have a fence around it because you don't want maybe a dog or some child to be walking around and get lost and walk into your back, and then they just fall into the pool. So there's, you have to check. So you and and usually there is usually there are uh, standards that you have to do, and so that's an additional expense you might have to. You know they even have those ones that go around the pool. Mm -hmm. They're they're made of kind of I think steel or iron, not iron. They're kind of like aluminum, but they go around the pool. So you have to look, and um, then you have to figure out maintenance Bef before you buy a home with a pool. Try to get the pool inspected. A mistake I made when I didn't because the pool was a mess and it was built on sand and it leaked. I had to put a whole new pool in. Before you buy a home, so try to make sure when you do buy a home with a pool, have that pool inspected. It's a mistake a lot of people make. This way, if there's anything wrong with it or it's leaking or anything, you can know that ahead of time. The best way to get it is to get not the uh, engineer. I don't know that they is to get a pool company to come in and look at the pool closely, okay? So on the engineer's reports, which I always recommend, um, if you have a pool, I would tell you to get a pool specialist to take a look at the pool before you buy the house. Not saying you shouldn't buy it because of a pool, but you want to find out if it's in good condition or it needs a lot of work. And sometimes that can be challenging, not now, but in the winter when the pool is partially drained down and you might not be able to do a full inspection, but you can get a good idea. Uh, also, you could find out if the previous homeowner had a pool servicing, a company that services the pool. Now, again, that's another, you can service the pool yourself. Uh, you don't have to have a pool company come in, but then you have to put the right chemicals and all of those things. Uh, now they're doing a lot of saltwater pools. Uh, mm -hmm. So you, now you might find an option is uh, above ground pools where you've got ladders pulling on the side and ripping the vinyl. Some people cut costs there, and there's thicker vinyl or better grade vinyl. And I believe tax-wise, your taxes are higher with it. I don't think your taxes go up. I have to double-check, but I'm pretty sure your taxes don't go up with an above-ground pool. But I believe with a built-in, it does. So I will, uh, I will, I'll, I will check on that because. You know, and again, in certain areas, like if you see the area you're buying and everybody has a pool, then it might be a disadvantage not to have one. But, but, but in the suburbs, I, I think it varies. And then there's some people that are very nervous about pools, you know, if they have kids. So it really depends. But if you love a pool, just do your homework. What do you think? Do you like pools, Gary? No, you don't have to have a pool. You're in the, you're in the, wa you know, you're in the yeah. waterfront. Yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the water, so and we don't really have room for a pool. But um, 
you know, you were talking about the area, and, and, and I, I think that's really important that people consider that. Like, you know, out in the Hamptons, particularly if you're going to rent it, you know, it's a non-starter. You have to have a pool, right? If you don't a heated you rent pool. your house, I mean, heated pool, right? It's got to be. It's really important well, because uh, people are going to expect that if they're going to rent your home. If it's not heated, it doesn't. Have, but as long as it's a pool. Uh, but but when you live on the water or you live on the ocean, look, I uh, my house is under construction, so uh, because I wasn't on it, so it's not ready. Uh, I How's had it coming, by the way? Well, the sheetrock's not up yet. And this is a house I had 14 years, and I decided to redo it. But anyhow, so I rented something on the water, a, l a little cottage. It's the most adorable cottage, a beach house on, on, on the bay. It's kind of on a bay or a pond. And I have these bugs called noceums. And if you look noceums up, they are like dots. And they, tiny, tiny. they fit no to a screen. And I told you last week. So they're, you know, and, and, and with anything on the, they're not nesting. I mean, they just come from the, the moisture. So there's certain things that you have to kind of look when you live on the water sometimes. And Jerry, have you noticed anything that's extra maintenance with the water that you, because you're on the water. Yeah. Water. I'm not on the ocean. I'm on fresh water. So I don't have the salt. When you're on the ocean, the salt is, uh, you know, does, um, requires additional maintenance items, but. The the lake we call them lake bugs. I don't know if it's the same thing as a noceum, but it's definitely something to get used to because you just can't even leave the screens. You can't even open the windows with the screens because they go right through the screens. Yeah, that's what and I have to do. I have to keep all the screens closed. You, I, and the, and I have to the keep windows. the doors. And when I'm not yeah. there, I can't get fresh air. Like and turn my yeah. air conditioner off. Yeah, because you just ha unfortunately you have to because otherwise you'll you'll come in, you'll turn the light on, and I'm not exaggerating, Dottie, right? Thousands swarming around the light. Thousands. Well, you know what, Jerry? I remember going over yeah. your place, and you're you're yeah. right. There were a lot. That's a lot. well. I, I did overnight. I did get an exterminator twice, and this time, whatever mm -hmm. he did, uh, it's two weeks. I haven't had them, but now I bought a product. I went on the internet and I looked up some you know no Sam's, and they said there's really not much you can do. They say wear long pants, wear socks, wear <laughs> wear awful. long yeah. sleeves and sweatshirts, yeah. put a mask on your head, okay? Yeah. <laughs> don't put lights on, okay? Because yeah. they about, like light. Okay. <laughs> I don't want them there. But they Just gave a yourself. product that's uh, not toxic, and so I had the exterminator come twice. And he, and now I just, whenever I'm there, I spray this product that's not toxic, and I try to keep my shades open. And they, they tend to come in my place late, so I try to uh, spray. But, but, but if you love water, when I tell you there's nothing like being on the water, you have to weigh out the pros and the cons. If you live on the beach, like Jerry said, it's wonderful. I mean, it's kind of a peaceful. I mean, I love the sound of the, the waves put you to can put you to sleep it's it's kind of peaceful it's a changing painting yeah say. it changes i mean the sea changes all the time but again the salt does a number on your you know you're probably gonna have to paint more because it, it can uh, wear away at things you know People, donnie uh, speaking of pools when, when i look at homes near the beach for some reason every homeowner needs a pool as well so every every second home near a beach will always come with a pool well, you know, I always wonder. Well, they usually do the more expensive ones. Uh, really have both mm -hmm. because uh, they do. But like, look, if you uh, 
let, let's say the most expensive ones do, and they're usually on a decent piece of property, so you could put a pool in if you chose it. But for me, truthfully, I have a pool. I never use it. I'm a saltwater person. I'm a beach person. I love the beach. I really, very rarely use my pool, if ever. And I've had it for a bunch of years. So I get it really is preferable. But I think that people who have that kind of money, because oceanfront is always going to be more expensive, okay, because – People, look, even when we had Hurricane Sandy, I said to people, they said, oh, that's the end of Long Island. I said, no way. People love water, and they're going to pay for it. If they love it, it's worth it. And you just have to go through the pros and cons. Uh, if you, what about insurance, okay? And that is difficult. Let me tell you, if somebody hurts themselves in your pool, you really have a problem. Well, what, we're talking about the ocean. Now, oh. your pool, the same thing. You have to get good insurance. But if you have it, then the ocean. Okay, and you shouldn't really let kids or anybody be on in the pool without supervision. Okay, you should always be looking. I have a friend. So, but but with the beach, uh, where the ocean could, you know, the dunes and all that, it, you have to look at insurance. Also, it's probably going to cost you more. Or what I, you know, I'm not even on the ocean, but. I think I was a mile away, so what I had to do is get a policy that I put my car, my you know, all my, all the things under. So you should call up and find out about insurance. But I have to tell you, it would be my dream to have a house on the ocean, good, bad, or indifferent, because I don't, you know, for me, there's nothing like the ocean. You know what, uh, Dottie? I knew a man who had a house on the ocean, and he found that in the winter it was very eerie at night being on the ocean in the winter. Let and me so- tell you where I am right now is eerie. Okay, and it's <laughs> on a pond. And it's dark and there's no lights. And, like, the doors, I really believe, uh, uh, I, I think a woman of my size, and I'm not so big, can uh, uh, bust the doors in. It's a little eerie. But I, but, but, but when, when you see the water and it's just, and you see the sun rises, it's just, there's nothing like it. Do you love it? And, and don't you have boats and stuff, Sherry? Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, you know, I, I, we have boats and jet skis, but, you know, being, I think I see Stephen's point. The ocean is kind of frightening sometimes in the, in the wintertime. You know, it's so vast. Um, but um, I would love it. I still love it. Yeah, I still <laughs> so love it depends, ocean. you know, different folks for different folks. We'll be back. We have a great show lined up next week for you, so don't forget to tune in. Remember, 866-970-9622. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.